Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I am Anthony. I'm Julia. I am Tom. Tom, we can't even see you tonight. Uh, my thing is lagging. I am restarting my camera. Oh. oh. We wanted to look at your beautiful face as we talked. I just, Aww, I just wanted to make you. sure it was coming back on. It will be. <laughs> I'll be here for you. Like you're there for me too. Anthony, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs> that time that you traveled down the road and back again, I realized that your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. (laughs) How was your week, y'all? It was good. I mean, I think. (laughs) Oh, it was good because for movie night over the weekend, we watched Encanto, which was absolutely 100% delightful. I loved it. Great choice. I loved it. And then that was my favorite Disney movie in a long time. That felt classic Disney to me. Mm-hmm. So many Disney, Disney, Disney. I think I mean just not even Dis- take Disney out of the equation. Everything that's happening right now—that's that's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we loved I'm it. Wondering though, we watched. Ellie picked the family movie night movie this weekend, and she picked Ugly Dolls. Have y'all seen that? Oh, no, I remember the trailers the with, for it. I remember that too. That's with like Kelly Clarkson does a voice, right? Kelly Clarkson, Blake Shelton, yeah. Yeah, all the singers. How was that? Um, the music was not done by Lin Manuel Miranda. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I told Christine, like, I we were having this conversation, and I wonder has that man ruined musicals and, and children's cartoon musicals? For that guy us. is having a year. He did In the Heights and Canto and Tick Tick Boom, all within like twelve months. That's insane. He had like five things come out in the span of 12 months. Oh, he had that show on Netflix. Tom keeps mm-hmm. telling us to watch. You and should. what was the other one? Hamilton. That doesn't count. That was recorded a long time ago. Yeah. There's something though, because on NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour review of Encanto, um, I can't remember who it was. He said what you just said. Lin-Manuel has had a year. He's had five projects drop in 2021, which is insane. Well, I don't even question what those people say, so they are way Well, he actually went on to say that he really wasn't bowled over by Encanto, so much so that people have been trash-talking him. It's Stephen Weldon. Good. Um, Trash-talking him online, and he revisited to see if there was something that he missed, and um, 
his second and third viewing, he was kind of like, I like the story more and I definitely appreciate the art. He's like, but the music still doesn't hit for me. Like how it ha- does. You have to be in a right mood. If the guy is not in the right, like, especially like Moana is one of my favorite Disney movies now. But remember I told you guys I watched it the first time I was sick and I didn't get the hype. Yeah. So his argument, and it's actually Marty's as well, was it sounds so much like the rest of Lin-Manuel's stuff that it doesn't feel fresh. Which I'm like, and I can see both sides to that, right? Um, If you do a thing well, you keep doing it. Um, and for some people, that's not going to be enough. You know what I mean? Some people are going to be like, you should always be changing. That's such a weird argument, though, because you look at like mm-hmm. a David Fincher movie, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's a David Fincher movie. It does the same. You, any of these directors, yeah. right? Like yep. all storytellers do for better or worse. They stick to what they're good at. Yep. Well, so I, I personally don't take that as a criticism. The only Yeah, it works for me. The only song I would agree with that on in this whole movie is the Louisa song. Service Pressure. I loved that song. And that's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, that (laughs) one's so good. I'm not tired of Lin-Manuel Miranda's sound yet. (laughs) Uh, Me either. And I I mentioned it last week, I think, two weeks ago. I can't wait to see how he remixes the live-action Little Mermaid music. Yeah. That's going to be a real test for him. I mean, because... Most of the new music that's come to these Disney live action movies haven't blown me away. I like the Beast song in the live action Beast. And I know she'll never leave. I like that song. I like that one too. Yeah. I did not like the Jasmine song in Aladdin. No, no. I didn't either. That was didn't like the Jasmine song. Mm-mm. It just it just sounded out of place. It sounded like a pop song on the radio. It didn't sound like the rest of the music. Yeah. Like content aside, it just didn't blend with the movie. Yeah. No, not when so much of it is about like Middle Eastern culture and the the sound of the of the Middle East. You know. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Hey Tom, I know what you did like. Did you enjoy? You've been enjoying Peacemaker, right? Beating the crap out of uh, white nationalists. Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite scenes. Vigilante. Oh I my think, god! That, first, first of all, you know, you know who that is. You know who that is, right? He's no. in one of our beloved franchises. He's Cormac McLaggen from the Half Blood Prince. What? Cormac McLaggen? Yeah. The one who was going out for the Quidditch tryouts against Ron, like the big jockey guy, you know. He threw up on Snape's shoes at Slughorn's party as part of the Slug Club. Oh, gosh. The funny thing about that is he is not jacked or big in this at all. And that's kind of an ongoing joke, right? I didn't recognize him at all. I didn't either. start pointing it out. Like, he, he looks so different because he's so, like, thinned out, wiry and thin now. I have huh. questions about some of the liberties they're taking with james gunn is taking with the peacemaker backstory that i don't understand i mean i get it that we're trying to make his we're trying to bring in and and you know i greatly appreciate that we have a a deep hatred of white nationalism neo-nazis but um there's some other things in the story i'd like to talk to you about sometime uh probably offline anthony let's do it it's a great show it is really really well done Although it's got way too much John Cena penis for my liking. Oh, what? What? <laughs> he, he does? No, I don't Take- mean it like that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, what? no, let me rephrase that. You don't see his penis. Those ever. tidy whiteies, I saw way more than I needed to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Especially as he was shaking. Around. 
Anthony, how could you ever have too much John Cena <laughs> I realize I am so glad I am editing this week. <laughs> oh man. Save that for an outtakes reel though. That was gold. Oh man. Uh, no, but I, <laughs> I just got to the scene where um what's her name? The uh the black member of the crew. Oh, the one from Orange is the New Black. What's her? Yes, I just yeah, got to the part okay. where she, I just saw the the one where she got to wear uh, Peacemaker's X ray X ray glasses helmet. Oh, so you're only one behind. That next episode is like crazy. I can only imagine based on what just happens. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of DC, I bought my Batman tickets today. I saw, I saw that. Picture of it. That's exciting. I'm so three weeks from today, man. It makes it three real. Weeks. It'll fly by. He was announced as director five years ago. That's how long oh this gosh. thing has been. Whew. I'm so excited. It's a I long time wait. to wait. I hope it's not been built up too much. I feel like it's gonna be one of those things though. It's like Christmas, right? You count down mm-hmm. to it, and then the moment it's really good, and then right after it's like a sugar crash. Half the fun mm-hmm. is the journey, right? It is. That's true. So let me tell y'all about my day today. <laughs> okay, what happened today? And uh, you know, I'll put in some bleeps here. If I... <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? <laughs> I uh, so I went to the office just to get things in order because we return. Well, I re- next week we go back three days a week. So next recording night will have been my first full day in the office of everyone. So if I'm in a bad Ooh. mood next week, you know why. Uh, <laughs> But so as people know, I have, I, you know, have anxiety and depression. So my prescription has been taking a while to get renewed. So when that happens, Tom, are you on Lexapro? Yes. Okay. So if you ever go off it, do you get like, it's like clockwork. If I'm off it too long, I'll start waking up hourly in the middle of the night with like a racing heart and like unable to breathe like i literally have to sit up and like try to catch my breath mine's not that i wake up and i feel very angry all the time so yeah i I, yeah so you get it so like the past few nights i've been getting no sleep because i've just been waking up and like walgreens has been saying oh we're working on renewing it working on renewing it and they keep pushing the date back so i'm like uh i'm gonna call the doctor myself and sure enough like they never were in touch with the doctor. Anyway, I got my medicine today. That's fine. But I was exhausted because of the past two nights. Mm-hmm. So I get home from work and I take Larry out. And we're walking on the street. And this guy comes up to us. Like, same side of the street, but like on top of us. Walking like two feet behind us. Not giving us space. So like, Larry is a playful puppy. He like jumps playfully at him. Right? Yeah, happy. Like, not even jumps on him, just kind of nudges him. Like, not even jumping. And there was nothing I could do about it because, like, he this guy was that close to us. Well, this guy, you would have thought he got hit by a car. What the f? Control your dog! Like, started flipping out on me. I'm like, dude, it was an accident. He starts going Uh. on and on. Like, actually, like, raises a hand. Like, he's going to hit the dog. Like, starts yelling at him. Um, and so... Did you tell him be... about issuing, like, about personal space and being respectful? So, 
So it may be because I'm in my rewatch. Uh, <laughs> I've been rewatching The Sopranos in my free time. <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> but uh, I went full on Italian New Yorker on this guy, and I was, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I told him, like, listen, buddy, like you. Raise your voice at me again, or talk to my dog that way again. You're not gonna have to worry about him playfully nudging you because I'll <laughs> knock you on your <laughs> myself. Oh my and then, <laughs> this guy is like, "What did you say to me?" I was like, "You heard me. Walk away. <laughs> Walk away." And like this guy crosses to the side of the street and keeps cursing me out. Like, and I'm like, "Keep, keep talking. I'll let my dog off the leash." Like, watch me. And like, and like, he eventually just walks away down the street. But, like, how dare he? Like, Ooh. I was so annoyed. And that, I think, is also why I did 90 Minutes on the Peloton, too. Because I can't oh, well, yeah. rage and, like, went at it. I would but burn that off, too, so, for sure. I was so annoyed. Like, yes, my dog is a puppy and can jump. And I mm-hmm. am trying to curb that. But when you are two feet from me, there is nothing I can do. You were invading my space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not okay. Not okay. Uh, no. Check out Zach George's dog training videos, Anthony. They working for you? Yes. Luna's doing really well. Like I can put, I can put. We started with just treats, like to just show, like the like the the we've been following what he's recommending, and I can put chicken on her paw after I get her to lay down, and she will not eat it until I tell her until I like pick it up and give it to her. Ooh, I will definitely check it out because he uh, can learn how to be self-control and stuff with the food as well. So <laughs> we're working on we're working on the jumping, the pup. It's just it's the same thing. It's puppy jumping and puppy biting. But Luna, since we got her, she has gained. She's gigantic, like ten pounds. I mean, and she's gonna they be, grow quick. She's gonna be. I, can't I mean, how that. how 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 big is Larry now? He is 73. Okay, Luna's not going to be that big. Luna's going to be between 40 and 50, we anticipate. But even at that, like, jumping at, at you know, that kind of, that size, the dogs can hurt somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, training is essential. And by the way, he was just weighed the other night because what Sarah does, this guy's huge. She'll pick him up and stand on the scale with him or struggle to stand on the scale with him, then get the number, then put him down and weigh herself and do the math. And like, you should, you should see her picking him up like dead weight. Like, and he's that. Oh. <laughs> That's how oh. we weigh Luna too, but Ellie does it. Oh, and I don't know how much longer that's going to that's going to be possible. Well, yeah, I mean, based on some of your pictures, she looks so much bigger than she was. Is she still following you around everywhere? Everywhere. I'm sure Ellie loves that. Oh, she's having she's having so much fun. But she's she's so we go through different stages where it's either Ellie's Ellie will correct us and say it's her dog or when there are chores and dog duty. Well, daddy, she's our dog. She's our family dog. (laughs) How smart is she? I realize that I have not seen the vast majority of the Oscar announced movies, so I have to rectify that, y'all. It's either Story of the Dog, Power of the Dog, Story of the Dog, or Dune seem to have been nominated for most of them. I'm honestly not happy about all of the awards Dune has been nominated for. You didn't like it? I thought that movie was spectacular. No, that's not what I said. 
I'm annoyed that they're getting that so many other movies of these this sci-fi fantasy genre have been overlooked that mm. I've liked better. I don't understand why Dune is the I don't one think breaking is, through. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as some of the other things that have not been nominated or awarded. Yeah, no, I I, I get that point. I, I agree. Which ones have you seen out of curiosity? Don't look up in Dune. <laughs> okay. What about you, Julia? <laughs> I haven't seen either of those, so there's a fair chance I haven't seen any of the nominated movies. Except for Encanto. Oh my gosh. Which I'm sure is nominated. Oh, and of course, yeah. I saw Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. None of those. I saw none of those. What do you think of West Side Story? Oh, it was so good. And I was like hesitant going in because it's like, come on, like, does this need to be remade? You know, remake, you're always skeptical, but never doubt Steven Spielberg, man. Just never doubt the guy. Like, that was what the stance I was thinking, but. Yeah. Nightmare Alley, though, that's the one. It'll never win, but that's the one I recommend to all y'all. Guillermo the Bradley Cooper one? It. I love yeah, Guillermo it's very Toro. Trippy. Yep, me too. I'm still upset that uh, they canceled his Justice League Dark project because he was made for that property. Oh. Did y'all see Disco54's comment on our Scrooge episode <laughs> on Facebook? No. About... <laughs> Our good friend Stephen Beach had written, like, uh, I'm paraphrasing here. Can we appreciate the irony that y'all forgot ignorance was one of the kids coming out from Christmas presents robe? What did we say it was? Temperance? No, we we finally got there, I think, didn't we? We said temperance and something. But whatever, whatever we said, he said, can you appreciate the irony that they forgot ignorance never changed his <laughs> podcast with a crying, laughing emoji. <laughs> oh, <that's epic. laughs> the most under re- under research and underprepared podcast out there. <laughs> Not tonight, y'all. Not tonight. We, we've, we've only covered A Christmas Carol like 20 times. How could we forget? Like, I feel like children. every, I feel like every time we're going to. Every time in the future that we're covering a, a Christmas carol of some sort, it's going to be half phoned in. <laughs> I don't know. That episode wasn't phoned in. We had a lot to say about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was because it was terrible. <laughs> Which uh, our good friend from Mary Britmas took issue with. Adam. Did not did not agree with that assessment. That's right. Uh, has he watched it recently? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Mike Westfall of Admin Calendar House, thanks for calling me out on your, <laughs> you were joking when I quoted your knowledge from Facebook on that episode. So. It was a Star Wars joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love our friends, y'all. So y'all and our listeners, sorry in advance for this awkward segue and this choppy beginning because I had to take a few things out here. <laughs> uh, well, just Thanks, chalk Tom, out to my... Worst. <laughs> <laughs> I have a shirt that proves it. Which I didn't even... <laughs> okay. Let me tell you, I told y'all that Tom sent, <laughs> sent me the Tom is a worst shirt. I didn't realize it was double-sided. Oh, what's it say on the back? It's not it supposed says, to be. <laughs> oh, okay. And if you well, order them now, it will not be. Well, it says. Well, my end says Thomas Worst on both sides, and I didn't <laughs> realize that. 
So, like, I love the shirt, but I was uncomfortable, like, the way it fitted me. And then I realized I was wearing it backward each time I wore it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, Tom was inadvertently trolling me with a mistake from Tea Public. Now it'll just say Tom is the worst and have our logo on the back. Awesome. It is a good shirt, though. I do like that shirt. I love the Nakatomi Plaza one. I like Julia's a lot more. I, wish I, I love the Nakatomi Plaza one. I love it. <laughs> Did I tell you all, speaking of Nakatomi Plaza, that I got both Santa Matt, Matt Spaulding, and Jerry D. Because <laughs> they both sent me a little something for Christmas. So I sent them something back. I got them yep. each a shirt from Etsy that says Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> adamantly disagree with that. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I love you, uh, Anthony. <laughs> I, I learn from you, Tom. Sometimes I take my trolling up because of you. <laughs> Y'all can't see me because my camera is not working, but I just shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, tonight, we are... Again, there is no segue here. But tonight, we are covering the made-for-TV... 2021 musical film Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, which served as the series finale of the short-lived Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Quick plot synopsis. Following the Clark family's first holiday together after their beloved patriarch Mitch has passed away, Zoe attempts to recreate the perfect Christmas, but finds that walking a mile in her father's shoes is a lot more complicated than she ever imagined. So... Histories, Tom. None. Julia, histories, thoughts. None. No history with the show. Although I remember, I mean, I know the premise of it and it seemed intriguing to me, right? Like a mix of Glee and New Girl, maybe? I don't know what else to put it up against. It was a mix of Glee and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I found. Okay, right. Yes, which is still, again, I haven't watched that show aside from what we covered on the podcast. But yes, I can totally see that. Um. Uh, but I never watched it, and I didn't even know this Christmas thing was was a thing until it got put on the schedule. So it's all new to me, every bit. Make that three for three. Uh, it ended up on our schedule because a lot of listeners like this show and requested it. So I threw it on the schedule. Um, oh, for some reason I thought you were a fan of this show. No, I've never, I've never seen it. All I knew was from what I, from promos and from from promos from listeners, and yeah, that's about it. Huh. Um. So yeah, they're on the schedule after that, and I have questions. Anyway, this will be this will be interesting because this is the first TV show we sh- TV show we've covered. Where not where none of us have a history with the show to explain to the others who don't have a history <laughs> with the show, like any backstory or whatever. Well, if y'all have yes. questions, I am happy to make up answers. So I will be our resident <laughs> expert. I so <laughs> and because of that, normally when I'm hosting a TV show episode, I really, really enjoy the show and can give you all the background and stuff and can easily walk you through the plot. But I'm gonna be relying on all three of us to get us through the plot today. Well because I only had time to watch this once. I don't know if y'all but, realize this, but this is a remake of a TV of a of a black and white film from nineteen thirty two of the same name. 
Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas? Uh, no, playlist. Yes. Waiting for that punchline to drop. <laughs> no punchline. I said it. Okay. Let's I'm giving, let's I told you I'm giving context about this show. <laughs> oh, whether it's real or not, he did say that. Okay. Uh, let's run through the cast real quick. I tried to do some preliminary research on the, on things, and Wikipedia has been a little helpful. A little helpful there. So playing Zoe Clark uh, is Jane Levy, who is probably best known for uh, Suburgatory, right? She was in, yes, Suburgatory on ABC. I know her from the Evil Dead remake, which not a lot of things make me cringe uh otherwise oh. <laughs> but that that movie was like almost too much of right? like that movie's uncomfortable very uncomfortable but and she was extraordinary in it but like that movie it's like uncomfortable to watch um she's she, also been in shameless she was in don't breathe castle rock she is uh daniel levy's cousin is she really? She's related to Dan and Eugene? No, I have no just, idea. He's making <laughs> no. it out. You gotta stop that. <laughs> that just sounds so like genuine. You, the you, longest you episode me, ever you, if you keep you that got, You made me so excited there like, for that piece of joke. <laughs> oh. um, have y'all seen her in anything before? Or like, I mean, I watched Castle Rock. I don't remember her as jackie torrance but i mean i'd have I to go back and watch Rock, but oh i remember all of it i loved it except for her <laughs> well no i don't know i don't remember her enough to know if any of that so no I, I think her face is recognizable from ads about this show on television i remember a lot more ads for suburgatory i do too um but yeah so playing Max Richmond, who is Zoe's co-worker and a boyfriend, is Skylar Aston. Now, we all know Skylar. I went to I've been to parties with him. Here is another what? Anthony story. He grew, he grew up in Rockland County, went to my rival school. I went to South. He went to North. So he was in the whole Leia Michelle, Hayden Pattonary crowd. So I know him because he since he and Leia Michelle dated for so long. He did they? Oh my gosh! Stop talking, Tom. Stop talking. Oh my gosh, you lie so effortlessly, and like that's like half a compliment and half of a, a terrifying thing to say out loud to somebody. Okay. Um, unlike unlike Leia Michelle and Hayden Pantenary, I don't have anything bad to say about him. Well, but I, I never had as met I. Yeah, not as many run-ins with him. But everyone knows him from Pitch Perfect, Pitch Perfect 2. He was in the original cast of Spring Awakening on Broadway. He was in the film Hamlet 2. (laughs) Check love that movie. That sounds bad. (laughs) That's with, what's his name? Oh, he's the, uh, he's Alan Partridge in England. He has an Alan Partridge show. Stephen Coolidge. He has a Hmm. drama teacher who's trying trying to put on a high school play that he wrote called Hamlet 2. <laughs> um, what, what would be the premise it, of Hamlet 2? I'm just curious. 
<laughs> there were lightsabers, a Jesus resurrection. Oh my <laughs> so god! The, there's a there's a song in it that's actually really like an earworm when you listen to it. It's like "Rock me, rock me, rock me, sexy Jesus." You die for our sins. You gotta believe. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so it is a tragedy oh, still, then. <laughs> For so many reasons, yes. <laughs> uh, he's been in Taking Woodstock, Caveman. He took over the role of Greg on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend after Santino Fontana left the show. Um, so yeah, he's been in quite a bit. I, I keep thinking for some reason he was in Glee at some point, but he's not. He just has that face. He looks like a Glee Shocking. person, doesn't he? He does look like a Glee person. And he has a background for a Glee. Oh, he was a Glee. He was John Baptiste. One episode. City of Good Angels, memory. 2014. Kind of. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, do we like this guy from like yeah. Pitch Perfect or anything? I've never actually seen all the Pitch Perfects in a continuous setting. That was so. a required watch at a company i worked for we all had to watch pitch perfect and if you hadn't your first trip out to san francisco you were forced to sit down and watch it okay i'm a big fan of pitch perfect though i like it a lot i mean that's a very popular movie series Mm -hmm. i like anna kendrick though she she did this great christmas movie where she played santa's daughter and it was just so good he was actually Skylar Aston was actually married to Anna Camp from Pitch Perfect until they got divorced recently. Uh, they got divorced because she had an affair. I didn't know it. that. <laughs> oh, God! I'm not going to take anything you say seriously tonight. No, don't take a single word seriously. We're going to see how long you can get away with it. God, Tom's darn it. Tom's trying, to, Tom's trying to get us in trouble for libel by saying this poor actor's had an affair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on. Playing Mo, who is Zoe's gender fluid neighbor and a DJ, is Alex Newell. And they are an American actor and singer known for their role as Unique Adams on the Fox musical Glee. I remember Unique. I um, they were on. It's they were familiar. in the Broadway revival of Once on This Island. Yeah, don't have too much to their name. Glee is a big thing. They were in mm-hmm. an episode of Empire. I don't okay. really know what that yeah. is. Empire? That's yeah. a musical drama series. So I don't really have much of a history with uh, this performer, except in Glee. And even then, it's not a big one, because I stopped watching Glee when the original cast went off to college, and they were in the new cast. Mm-hmm. So. I think that must be why they Was that when the Irish kid came me. on? Irish kid, the girl whose mom worked in the cafeteria and they were poor, the the uh, cheerleader who was 2.0 of the original cheerleader. Yeah, it was all. Of Quinn Fabray? Like Quinn, that's it. Yep. You know, she got arrested for meth. I did know that. Play, <laughs> playing, Zoe's, <laughs> playing Zoe's parents are two... Tis the Podcast All-Stars, Mary Steenbergen, 
plays Maggie Clark, her mother, and Mary Steenburgen is basically the mom in most of the Christmas movies we cover. Let's be real. <laughs> she plays the mm-hmm. mom and like I, she's played the mom in so many. I just every time I watch her, I'm reminded how much I like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then uh Peter Gallagher, who we covered in While You Were Sleeping, plays her deceased father. Um yep. and we'll talk about that performance because he did good in my opinion um mm-hmm. who else uh you have andrew leeds playing her brother david and alice lee playing her sister-in-law emily i think that's really the main cast yeah oh no there is one other person and that is the guy who wants to date mom the christmas tree salesman old jag David James Elliott from Jag. Jack, yes, his name is Jack, but yes, yep. David James Elliott. It's just Jack. Oh, and and Bernadette Peters, yes, uh, stars as Maggie's friend Deb. So <clears throat> that's our cast. So let, why don't we just uh, dive right in? So I was. I guess one of the questions I want us to think about, and we'll answer this at the end where we go through our normal questions per episode, is does this movie work all right for somebody with no background of the show? Or yes, because the time they took, they took time to invest in that at the beginning, and that made all yes. the difference. It 100% did. And I'm just going to say right now, I really enjoyed this movie, and I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Not by how much I enjoyed it, because I knew 20 seconds in when <laughs> they're kind of recapping the series when she's talking to Santa that, oh, this is quirky, like Glee and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I pinpointed that immediately. So I was like, oh, this will be fun. What surprised mm-hmm. me was how much heart it ended up having. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into hmm. that. Interesting. But it's hard to take you. I don't know what to think of you without camera because I can't see your face. I know. I got to restart <laughs> my computer and I can't. um so as tom just mentioned the series starts out you don't know who she's talking to you think it's kind of just a voiceover with the movie recapping for watchers what happened like the premise of the show which Mm -hmm. is essentially zoe our heroine went for an mri she was having headaches she's having headaches there was essentially an earthquake while she's in the mri machine she got zapped or something and they basically downloaded every song into her brain every song that's <laughs> ever existed into her into her brain and now when she interacts with people she basically hears their inner monologues via like their inner monologues come across as songs that she can hear songs and dance performances that only she can see and hear <clears throat> and in the Not season two now yeah, correct. Because in the season two finale, which was when the show got canceled, her boyfriend Max also got that same power. The heart the power to hear heart songs, as they're called. And uh, so that was left unresolved before they greenlit this kind of final movie. Like, how would he react to the power? Um, so she... It's okay, so interesting. this is post-season two? Yep, this so it was canceled last. after season two. Okay. This is the last. This is their wrap-up movie. And we don't know who she's talked to. We just think it's a voiceover. And then we find out she's talking to Santa. And Santa's like, can you hurry it along? Because there's a line of kids I need to get to, lady. <laughs> and she's like, well, I just thought, how are you going to understand what I want for Christmas? Unless you know the whole story. 
And I thought that was a cute way to introduce maybe new viewers to mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out at the mall. She's shopping with her friend Mo, who is very excited for Christmas. Um, she's directing like a children's pageant at school. She is also <laughs> she also has an annual party, right, for Lost Souls on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Carrie Carroll. Carrie yeah, had a catchy name. Carrie O'Carroll, was that it? Something like that. But uh, she's very excited, and Zoe is not excited for Christmas this year, because this is her first Christmas without Dad. Dad passed away. Mm-hmm. And she asks uh, Mo, can you not be so excited? And Mo's like, yes, of course, I'm sorry. But of course, she can hear her heart song, and we get the big, uh, it's uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year yeah. musical number. Which was, I thought, a good way to kick off the film. Put me oh, yeah. right in a little Christmassy mood. On that voice, I mean, Mo has a great voice. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They were great on Glee, too, from what I remember. Did Mo's character give you Parks and Rec vibes? Yeah. Donna. Donna Meagle? Yeah, I got some Donna vibes for sure. Donna was just so cool, and that's how this character comes off as well. You know, right? Absolutely. So there are di- cu- there are a couple of different plot lines here. So Zo- so let's take them like by plot. So we have Zoe who decides to she wants the family to spend Christmas together like they always do in Dad's absence, and she She's wants to, to recreate-, recreate the traditions, right? Recreate everything her dad did, not create their new own traditions or evolve. She wants to do it exactly the way dad did all the way down to dad's poor Christmas tree choices. Right. And she's upset (laughs) when she learns that uh, mom and her friend want to go to Hawaii for Christmas. Uh, She plays it off at first. Like she's skiing. Right. So she plays it off at first. Like she's fine with this, but of course now her boyfriend can hear her heart songs and, She's pissed. We got a little Taylor Swift uh, cover here, Bad Blood. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Honestly, I can understand it. It's their first Christmas without dad. You know, I'd want to spend it with mom and my sister if that was if I was in their shoes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the time yeah. where you'd want to come together with a family and not have certain family members make plans without consulting everybody else as to right. how we should move forward, right? Yeah. Right. At the very least, consult first. It wasn't a consultation. They, it was a, this is there what was, we're doing. There was no consultation at all. So they go for the Christmas tree. <laughs> That's stop number one. And it's here she, <laughs> we meet Jack, right? The Christmas tree salesman. Lumberjack. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a beautiful Christmas and, tree farm. It felt very hallmarky. This whole movie, the plot felt like a Hallmark movie. First Christmas mm-hmm. without dad, trying to. The plot was very Hallmarky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the farm was beautiful. And of course, this show does a thing that a lot of movies do where all the characters go to the farm and they split up looking for the perfect tree. And this is where mom meets Jack. And there's some connection there. You see, mom is which, getting her flirt on. She's getting her flirt on, which bothers Zoe a bit. 
and she sees them singing what is that call me maybe to each other during this song uh because you know they're both flirting but they're both like <laughs> hesitant to make a move with each other so he made a tacky joke though like about dad taking off for the night oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> She says, well, it's more than just a night. He's dead. <laughs> He's like, oh, so dad took off took off forever. <laughs> or whatever he said. Um, which, <laughs> the guy was awkward. He flirted like I did back in the day. <laughs> he flirted like you still flirt with me. I mean, obviously. Oh, I... Uh, there have been t- <laughs> so that brings me to a story once um i was talking to somebody online it wasn't even a flirty thing it was just a close friend told me their somebody in their family died and i just instinctively put oh lol and i was like they <laughs> like of oh, well, well, it's not the response i was expecting i was like i'm sorry i didn't mean that oh <laughs> uh-huh, you're um, dead dead wow anthony <laughs> um so zoe tries to pry from her mom like is her mom ready to move on like she heard her that song she saw the flirting so when they get home she's like hey why don't we set you up on a dating site (laughs) and her mom has definite no-nos no back hair (laughs) like all all this the way she's filling out the profile is making um zoe very uncomfortable as it would if i think (laughs) most children helping their parents date when filling out certain things on their profile um you know i appreciated about this scene was that she didn't just like fly off the handle it's too soon like come on dad just died like they she totally could have because lots of movies would do that she was actually mm-hmm. like thoughtful about it for a second and like I'm sure she wanted to fly off the handle, but she took her mom's feelings into consideration and took the time to d- dig a little deeper, right? Do you think right. that was it or did she anticipate what online dating was like and thought she this would turn mom off from it? I mean, even if she did. It was still she a better didn't reaction, ap- right? Yeah, she didn't approach it like a big blow up scene that d- further divides their relationship, right? Like, like, like a lazy movie would have. Yeah, I like that too. I like that a lot. And beca- and it's not her who stops the process. It's mom. When right. she's going through, she's like, I'm just not ready for this. Well, like, because she it, says, the question was, how will you know that you're into the other person or whatever? And she says, when I stop thinking about your father every minute of every day. Yeah. yeah. And it was a very sweet scene. Like she it starts was. crying and then leaves the room. Um. So you kind of, and I feel like this is where it would have been good to have more history here. Zoe is clearly feels a little burdened by the power because she's had her, she's had this power for a while, whereas her boyfriend seems a little more excited by it because it's brand new to him, right? And he, yeah, he, thinks, well, he heard he some people, he heard some people on the beach singing "Cake by the Ocean." What did he do? He <laughs> got him some cake and took him to the ocean. ocean. See. <laughs> Easy. Here's some here's somebody singing umbrella. You just hand him an umbrella. <laughs> um, yeah, he is psyched with the power and thinks he is wielding it like a boss. Like a boss, yeah. We learn later with a with a, a discussion that they're having that he had been jealous of Zoe. 
Right, because it put their relationship on uneven footing, that she knew everything mm-hmm. he was thinking, and uh, he didn't know everything she was thinking. Um, Can I just stop and, so, and say I, real quick here? I don't want to know what people are thinking that they're not telling me. Yeah. Me either. That's yeah, like mind the reading worst was not power. the gift I want. Yeah. No, no. I want to fly. I always feel, I always feel like teleporting is what I want. Teleportation, that's what I want. I th- always felt like the mind reading gift, it would just be like constant, like this, the constant replaying of the scene from A Christmas Carol where Scrooge hears them making fun of him. You do not want to hear what everyone is thinking or everyone truly yep. thinks of you or the people you love. You just don't. Yep. yep. So I have a question that none of us can probably answer. So sure the heart song, well, I know you can, the heart song concept comes up multiple times. So, can can they only he- what is a heart song? I assume it's like a it's deeply like emotional you're... moment and what you're feeling in your heart, right? That's what I right. think that... too. Okay, yeah, so he that. hears some guy with a heart song about a umbrella on the street. Uh, let me tell you, if you are in pouring rain, no car, no bus, subway's not running, and you have nowhere to go, and you're soaked through your socks and your underwear, yeah, the heart song of my heart is going to be something about an umbrella, too. Okay, what about Cake by the Ocean? I mean, if I stuck it's to It's harder to defend. My, if I stuck to a diet for a year and then I go on vacation, like, I'm like, yeah. Give me cake by the ocean. I was just a little curious, <laughs> and I'm sure the rules are more defined in the show, right? So if you have history with it, then you can paint the picture better. But I was a little confused by, do we only hear the moments with great levity, or like, do we literally just like, you know, like hear a cake by the ocean? So I thought I that know. I, I had assumed when we were talking heart song that it would just be those big moments. But like you said, we get some frivolity in there as well. Which that's funny. So I totally get why they threw it in. They might have broken their own little rules to give him some punchlines. Like totally get that. But I don't know. I th- I well, I guess it's interesting because he's the one who hears the frivolous stuff. She doesn't, at least in terms of this special. She, Has she even maybe mention. learned to tune it out. That's maybe. possible, or you know, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's, but there seems she has hers more refined. So maybe it's a yeah. learning curve. I don't know. I haven't seen that. Maybe so. You know. Maybe so, so listeners, I know a lot of you like this show. So let us know because I'm curious for the backstory. To your point, though, he's glad they're on even footing and is having fun with this gift. And she's like, "It's not always fun. It is a burden knowing exactly what everyone is thinking all the time." Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't see it that way. Yet. Which, yet, and this causes yeah. conflict the next day on Christmas Eve when Jane is making dinner and the kitchen's a mess. She's trying to do everything exactly like Dad did. She watched an hour and a half video about carving, <laughs> carving the turkey on YouTube. The ham. So she could get it right. The ham on YouTube. Um, and you know she even sets up the dining room exactly like Dad did, including he had this beautiful christmas snow globe they always put at the centerpiece which she puts on the centerpiece that's a weird centerpiece y'all a snow globe yeah what was the first decoration he would bust out and play when christmas started i guess we all have those right yeah but i don't put that on the center of my table well no but but they had to put it in the center of the table for this they had to had to 
I mean, dad's missing. I'd probably, if my first Christmas without my parent, a parent, I'd probably put their favorite decoration in a more prominent spot than I used to. So since I didn't do that for my dad, are you saying I, I'm not a good son? Is that what I'm hearing, Anthony? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only appropriate response to something so ludicrous. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, um, she, she creates her dad's Christmas Eve to such perfection that even everyone comments the only thing missing is him showing up in a Santa suit. And as soon as they see <gasps> that, ding dong, the doorbell rings. <laughs> and it's Jack from the Christmas tree farm because what happened? Her boyfriend invited him because he well, also sh- heard the heart song between mom Call and Call me, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, Zoe thought mom did this and mom thought Zoe did. Right. right. So this shows that he is not so good that uh, Max is not so good at, you know, sensing the tone. Deck, <laughs> sense, yeah, sensing exactly what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, mom is welcoming. She's trying to welcome him. And yeah. so does Zoe at first, but you can tell she's very, very irked. Um, and then puts a whole awkward pall over dinner. Like Yeah. Although the, we we don't hate this guy though. Like we really don't. No. Yeah. He brought a casserole. He's very kind. He's not like lewd yeah. and like he's not a gross prospect for mom at all. Like he's also nope. and I appreciate he's not portrayed that way either. Because he could have been. Um, um so. I love the casserole bit too, where it's clearly an awkward dinner. So they try, somebody tries complimenting Zoe. Oh, the screen bean casserole is amazing. And she was like, Jack brought it. It was the only thing that she did. It was her boyfriend that said it, right? That was what made it even worse. It's the one thing she didn't make. And it's the one thing he's complimenting. <laughs> so, sad. so mom, where she wants to take him on a tour of the house. Mm-hmm. So she takes on a tour of the house. She busts out her tap shoes for him. Well, she explains she used to do tap. And he's like, oh, show me, like, sh- like, why don't you show me a bit? And after some conjoling and teasing, she does. And we learn later on it's the first time she's dap- tapped in a while, a long time. Um, and they find themselves under mistletoe mm-hmm. and end up kissing. Unbeknownst to them at first, then so we witnessed it. And this is where Zoe starts getting a little annoyed. Right. Uh, the, flirtation, the flirtation is just too much. So they go back to the dinner table. Mom wants to talk to Zoe. She says, essentially, no, at first. <laughs> she's like, can you pour me some wine, Mom? And she's like, after my next class. Because Mom's like uncomfortable, <laughs> uncomfortable too. She doesn't know how to handle it. Dude, and how, then, you, how would you know how to k- handle catching your your mom making out with somebody? Pretty weird, dude. Especially now, if uh, Dad's still in the picture for me. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Mommy kissing some weird man. (laughs) Uh, um, But it's at this dinner table now that tragedy strikes. What happens? Somebody actually wants to eat the the butchered ham. And that just made me really sad. And as they reach, the uh, snow globe gets knocked from the table and shatters on the ground. And this scene was 
lovely, by the way. As far as musical scenes go, the staging of this one was really quite nice. Um, but the dancing and the singing together in combination. It was so sad, yeah. though. It was really Yeah, it was so, so sad. sad. Yeah. And what do they sing? Uh, they sung, what was it? We wish, wish you were here. Yeah. Pink Floyd's wish you were here, right? That's right. And everybody participates except Jack and the boyfriend, Max. But and Max, it's not because they're Max selfish or bad dudes. It's just they don't have the right. history with dad. Yeah, they're not, right. They're not. They're not missing Mitch at this point. Right. So this is like a shared experience heart song. Yes. Um. And this kind of ends Christmas Eve dinner, right, everyone? So Zoe, everyone goes up to bed. Zoe's upset. And Max is upset too at first. He's realizing he screwed up. Well, I think it's partially realizing he screwed up and partially he's understanding the weight of what we, we learn. He's understanding the weight of what Zoe's gone through, right? Yes. This right. hasn't been all the cool, fuzzy, warm, fun things that he expected. This has been really yep. hard. Yeah. Um, and he has not this been is... supportive. He's made it about him and not worried about what Zoe's gone through. Right. But this is my favorite scene in the movie now, when she falls asleep and she dreams she gets to talk to her dad. Well, that's her in wish to Santa. Wa- in her wonderful winter wonderland Christmas tree black and white dream, which I loved. Mm-hmm. I loved everything about this scene. Mm-hmm. Peter Gallagher... I've, I always liked Peter Gallagher. Um, they, and she says, uh, they have this heart to heart where she says she tried to, what does she say to him? He essentially says, you did, you can never disappoint me. You have to start making your own traditions. Yeah. Not just do everything the way I did it. Right. It's, it's not like disrespecting my memory to, do things your way while still keeping me in your heart and keeping mm-hmm. my memory alive. And it was this beautiful scene that honestly, like with my grandmother having just died and her like on her deathbed around Christmas really hit me harder than I thought it oh. would. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know like this, this Christmas, it will be the first Christmas without her. Right. Officially, even though like she was on her way out this past Christmas, but like, it's going to be on very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> LOL. And, uh, gosh. <laughs> um but so this scene like really like spoke to me. And I think yeah. a lot of people I think everyone can relate to this scene because we've all have people who we wish were still around the Christmas tree, whether they're grandparents, parents, siblings, whoever. We all Christmas the holidays are always hard when you start losing family members and people, especially that first Christmas without them. Yeah. So this scene was very impactful. Made all the more so that they sing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, which was yes. beautifully done. But remember, Judy Garland first sung that Meet Me in St. Louis. Yep. About hardship and darkness and sadness and embracing change. So yeah, I thought the time. way they dealt, specifically this scene where the whole special dealt with grief and loss and pain was actually very surprising to me, but very well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll agree. But yeah, this was 
I love this scene. This part was my favorite in the uh, in the film. And I and this again, this is me without any history, so it's not like I knew this character from the seasons when he was alive, from the show mm-hmm. when he was alive. So I thought that it was well done that they could get that emotion without me having. And I think it speaks to the universal emotion of grief around the holidays. So what happens in the morning when she wakes up? She goes out and is looking for her boyfriend and he is gone. Well, she goes downstairs first to apologize to everyone because at dinner, she also flipped out at brother and sister because they were sending a fake Christmas letter bragging about all their fake accomplishments (laughs) to one of their friend. Well, Um, I don't think it's a friend. I think it's like a frenemy from law school. Frenemy. Yep. (laughs) Um, So she apologizes to them. She apologizes to mom. And then um, before they could sit down and open presents, she realizes Max isn't there and she goes to find him. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I loved her brother in the scene being the big kid, like sniffing. Oh, it, you're so ex- you're, you're, you're so excited for uh, so and so's first Christmas, and he was like, "Yes, to watch her open gifts because." <laughs> <that's totally laughs> <different. laughs> um, so Zoe finds Max at like this mm-hmm. pier, which is apparently the same pier in the season two finale where he got his powers, which is yep. important. And what does he tell her? What has he realized? That this is, this is a heavy load, man. Like it's not easy listening to stuff like that. He was like, that was really difficult. There's like real problems and people that are really going through stuff. It's not just cake by the ocean. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying that. (laughs) We're going to keep talking cake by the ocean. Um, and then we get time after time because she's like, you know, it's oh, not easy. So sad. But yeah, it's not an easy gift, but it is a thing that we've got. You know, it's a burden we have to bear. And I think you're doing a really good job and like all this stuff. And they say, I love that song, by the way. And yeah, I, I love, love uh, I love this rendition. I thought they were really good. But yeah. like, kudos to the director because during the middle of the song, all of a sudden, Zoe stops singing and only you're only hearing his part. And it's because this realization made him lose his power. It's like this gift was given to him so he could realize how hard it is for Zoe. He can relate to her turmoil having this gift. And once he finally realized it, his power goes. But yeah, when they they started singing time after time, it was so beautiful. And then he loses it. And I don't know. It just felt crushing. It was, I was, it was depressing, (laughs) y'all. And he... There's this cute little joke there where he's like, I guess I'll just have to be like every other normal couple where I have to ask you how you're feeling. (laughs) She promised it. She promised to always be honest with him and tell him the truth. So to be clear, he lost his power. She did not lose hers. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, And then we get a second crushing scene right back to back. Because when Zoe left the house, so did mom. And mom goes to Peter Gallagher's grave. Yep. And I loved this scene as well. Mary Steenbergen acted the crap out of this scene. Yeah. And what does she tell her deceased husband, Julia? I can't remember, so you're going to have to say it. She, said, <laughs> she says that she, she kissed a man. Oh. She kissed a man under the mistletoe. And, and she even wore her tap suit, tap shoes. She for the danced first time. for him. 
That's right. And she realizes that she's not ready and she's going to focus on becoming more comfortable with who she is. And once she's comfortable with who she is, then she'll revisit the idea of finding somebody else. Yeah, because she's still Maggie. Is it Maggie or Maddie? Maggie. What's her name? What is it? She's still Maggie and right now. And someday she won't be Maggie and. She'll just be Maggie again. Yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful scene, beautifully written, beautifully acted. Um, and I and I've noticed because there's a uh, cemetery right up the street because the hospital's right up the street and the cemetery's across from it. Ironically enough, like I That's always thought, terrible. I yeah, I know. I always hate. I always feel bad for the people Guys, who get the rooms with the overlooking the oh graveyard. So but uh, I always know, like at the holidays, especially, but not even just Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas, the three big ones. The morning of each is a very popular time I see for people to visit their loved ones. So that felt real mm-hmm. to me that she'd want to yeah, go, especially sure. that first Christmas without him to go see him on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. They decide to. So when they go home, the family. Well, first, brother realizes brother <laughs> tore up the sweet. fake letter. Because they're going to send a real letter that, that essentially tells them exactly how they're doing, uh, that she went through postpartum depression and, um, you know, take us off your Christmas card list because he doesn't need to hear about his friend or life all the time. And I thought that scene was cute. Yep. It was um, cute. But when Zoe comes back, the family's like, okay, what are we going to do today? And they start lifting, listing out all the things dad would do if you're still around. And she was like, you know what? Let's do something different. Which, you know, dad got to her in her dream. She mm-hmm. had her changing moment. Her line she did. Moment almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decide to go to karaoke, whatever the, whatever it's called. That Mo is throwing <laughs> for lost souls on Christmas Eve. And this is rewind because Mo had a whole plot line where they. Mo ruined a kid's were, pageant. Their their <laughs> their kids' pageant. They wanted it to be so perfect. The well, kids were like, "Remember, it wasn't their kid; it was her boyfriend's." Yeah, it's her boyfriend's kids. Yeah, it's the boyfriend's kids. Yeah, and uh, what does she do? Well, first she try she does try to stage a pageant and inject spice and pizzazz into it. Uh, she lets him have one song at the pageant, but then she goes on stage and belts it out and steals the show. Um, for the kids. She does it for the kids, though. She, she does, does it for the she kids. she loves kids. But, you know, Perry, which is an near boyfriend, is surprisingly calm and level-headed about this. She says, you know, you did, he says you didn't do it for the kids. You did it for you. And so at this karaoke later, she gives his daughter the chance for a solo, which I thought was very sweet. Yeah. And then, but even though she and Perry get up to belt it out with her toward the end of the song and whatever, the girl had a beautiful singing voice. We know Mo does, but Perry did too. Perry was a great singer. His voice was nice. Like really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, so, uh, this karaoke thing that's going to be zoe and her family's new tradition 
going forward. And new Christmas Day tradition. And I love that whole idea. We've seen this come up in other movies and stuff we've covered where there's kind of this, uh, you know, people who don't, of the lost souls, as Mo called it, you know, a place for lost souls to go on Christmas. So I love the mm-hmm. idea, the fact that she was throwing this for everyone. And that it's going to be a yearly thing now at the bar. I think and it's yeah. neat. Yeah, because, and because it fits into what we all love on the show about found families, not just your biological or blood families. Right. So yeah, that's essentially the movie. So I guess my first question for y'all is, what did you think of it overall? And to go with that, did they do a decent enough job servicing fans of the series while being its own thing somebody like us with no history could jump into? Well, I can't speak to if they did a good job servicing fans of the series. It seems like they probably did. Um, I mean, there were characters as a non-fan that were confusing to me. Like the guy she keeps talking to on the phone that goes to Vegas. That is apparently her ex-boyfriend who she worked with Ah, as well. Ah, okay. Because there did seem to be some like feelings there. Not like those feelings, but just like a familiarity between the two of them. So that helps to know. Um, And then... But I mean, like they did, I think they did a good enough job filling in like her powers and how they work and all of that. So I think as far as translating it from people who maybe didn't see the show, but are stepping into the movie, like I understood what was happening. I definitely think people who watch the show and then watch the movie have a lot more of that father relationship. Um, Like they feel it probably heavier than we do because they got to see episodes and episodes of her interacting with her father Hmm. exclusively through song um, because of his condition. So, you know, I wonder what it would have been like if Jeff, like how this would have evolved or if the story would have stuck around longer, if Jeff Franklin had actually got to fulfill his vision of this series. Well, they said they basically tried to cram his ideas for season three into one movie. Like the boyfriend, that would have been a whole Jeff season. Jeff Franklin arc. had nothing to do with this. He's the guy from Full House. Fuller House. Well, that had the sexual well, comments. They, it's a decent question, though. So I'm going to answer like it's a real question. <laughs> uh, well, if Jeff, if Jeff Franklin came in to fulfill it, uh, we'd get awful, awful, <laughs> awful childish humor. I'm not even talking about Full House. Go look at Fuller House. Anyway, but no, like apparently the original plan for the show was season three would have dealt the whole arc with the boyfriend. That would have been longer and they would have mm-hmm. dealt more in detail with her grieving dad. Um, yeah. I don't think her dad which, was grieving. Which, all things considered, uh, I thought they did both of those things well for a wrap up movie. Honestly. Um, yeah. I'm with you though, Julia. I think it probably, we would have felt the punches more like it felt more emotionally connected. Had we watched yeah. the series, but I also think it, I enjoyed it on its own for what it was. Yeah. I had moments of confusion where I had to Google something like that guy who she kept talking yeah. to on the phone, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the overall story of this family trying to celebrate the first Christmas after losing a loved one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they did a lot with what they had. Yeah, they did. Um, 
yeah i i'm curious to see what the show is like clearly it has a lot of fans uh it's one of those things it's one of those things though and it's so weird how like shows develop these passionate fan bases and the the show and critics tend to love and then they get canceled because not enough people are watching it in the moment um but there are only 25 episodes between seasons one and two like i guess they only had 12 episodes per season so i might watch i i they they entertained me it really did yeah i won't say that you know it has closure at the end like it just it's kind of like we're left hanging Mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind but of left you with life going is going it, right? on. Yeah. Like, I do wonder had this show went on and reached a proper conclusion, if like the proper conclusion of the show would have been her losing her powers. Right. And I was right. kind of expecting that to happen when the boyfriend did, knowing that's just a wrap up for the whole series. Yeah. You would but, just right. expect her to go back to being normal and not having this. Right. Yeah, yep. that's why I wondered if it was only him or if it was her as well. I think though, from what I was reading, like they're still they were still holding out hope a streamer would pick them up for another season, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Did y'all ever watch Brian Fuller did it? He produced it. It was mm-hmm. called Wonderfalls. Did you ever watch that or hear about it? Mm-mm. I don't think so. What was Wonderfalls? It was back in uh, two thousand four. It only ran mm-hmm. for like twelve episodes. Um, but it had a very similar, like, if you know Brian Fuller's stuff, it had that quirkiness. But the premise overall was kind of reminded me of this. It was about this girl who could hear inanimate objects speak. <laughs> Ooh. So, like, little statues. And, like, she worked in, like, a pawn shop in this place called Wonderfalls. And she could hear all the inanimate objects speak to her. And they kind of reminded me of... She was Belle? Like, yeah. Like, after she was Belle. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that kind of what I was getting similar vibes to that as well. But hmm. did this movie have a Linus moment? Yes. Yeah, I think, I think a so lot too. Of I had a few of them. Moments in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it a Christmas movie? Yes. I don't yes. think it could have been what it was without Christmas. I think it probably could have taken place at Thanksgiving. But yeah, no, Christmas was undoubtedly a part of the plot mm-hmm. here. And it's funny, it made me feel far more Christmassy than A Christmas Carol did last week. Or Scrooge did yes. last week. Sorry, Adam of Merry Britness, but it's the truth. Just throwing that out there. Truth. Different strokes for different folks. So, do y'all want to rank this thing? Yes, so we said this is going to go on our movie list because it was a full length movie. Yep, I'm giving it an eight. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to go back and I'd probably I will probably watch this again come the holiday season. I think this is actually very again cathartic for me. I think I was just in the right mood. Right things have happened in my life recently. I think it just hit me at the right time. And I think it could be cathartic for me to watch again this upcoming holiday season. So I'll definitely watch again. I give it an eight. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to do 5.4. I'm going to come in at a seven and three quarters. So that gives us an average of a 7.05. It has been a while since we had something that high because we've covered so much garbage. (laughs) Uh, That puts it... (laughs) 
at number 34 on our list between It's a Wonderful Life and Eloise at Christmas. Huh, that's an interesting spot for it. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to all our listeners, It's a Wonderful Life is in an interesting spot in general because people are like, love that movie. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mentioned earlier in this recording that I was rewatching The Sopranos. I just got past their Christmas episode, and there's a scene in it where Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, is getting to bed, and he turns on the TV, and it's it's a wonderful life, <laughs> and it's a scene at the end where he's running around having his realization, and it's kind of, you know, in the show, Tony's conflicted about something that's going on, and he's like, oh, enough of this crap! Why are they having it on all the time? <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, that is me! <laughs> that's funny, dude. <laughs> Uh, Tom, you brought up something that we forgot to mention earlier in the episode. This is dropping on Valentine's Day. Happy, Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day Happy mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. How are y'all celebrate- <laughs> celebrating? I'm working in the concession stand tonight. Woo! <laughs> Yay. So romantic. Uh, Me and Sarah celebrated last week on Wednesday the 9th. Ooh. Was it fun and wonderful? We saw a stand-up comedian. Louis C.K. Yeah, he's going to be nice. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all, but I like We find him funny. So we had fun. Uh, (laughs) He handled things well himself, I think. But yeah, we had fun. It was it was a nice evening, except for the, uh, you know, obviously these comedy clubs, two item minimum with their jacked up prices. But here's our twenty seven (sighs) dollar. cup of seltzer water yeah exactly uh we are assuming the surge continues to head as it is there is a new ish uh southwestern restaurant santa fe and style restaurant we're gonna order dinner from go pick it up have dinner at home and do some fun craft craft projects with l very cool i bet I bet Ellie and Gabe are excited for Valentine's Day. Not Gabe! God! I bet Ellie and Jude are excited for Valentine's Day. (laughs) I mean, Gabe is also excited because they do still do Valentine's in fifth grade. Um, I still do Valentine's. Before COVID, I was handing out Valentine's at work. I was a Valentine's on everyone's desks. I wonder if Santa sends Valentine's. He may have sent some to our all of the tis the podcast patreons so if you're not yet one of our tis the podcast patreons uh i recommend potentially looking at that it may be a good thing for you you might get things throughout the year like uh on santa's nice list for christmas or for valentine's day cards i don't know there's cool stuff there you'll get bonus content we're working on some five-year special limited edition Patreon-only stickers and uh, discounts on our swag. So, yeah, check us, check it out. TisThePodcast.com slash Patreon. Or you can find that as well as all of our social medias where we would love to hear from you, especially if you are a fan of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, either the, um, re- the current remake or the 1932 edition version please give us your thoughts at linktree.com slash tis the podcast i'm actually excited to see what people say about it 
because I want to know more about this. I hope they people answer our questions we have. So coming up next week, we are um, covering a 2021 Netflix original movie, Single All the Way, which is uh, offering us diversity in a couple different ways, which I'm excited about. The week after that, we are hitting Babes in Toyland, the 1961 version, which I know Julia and Tom are very excited for. And then to round off February, uh, we're having Mr. Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas on to discuss the holiday film Spider-Man No Way Home. Ew. Lots of totally exciting things coming up. Perhaps most exciting being... The fact that we only have 7,704 hours until Christmas. That's 321 days. That's 45 weeks. <laughs> Do your homework, y'all, and we shall speak to you next week. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. It's the most wonderful time of the Long, long ago.